What's up, founders, and welcome back to the In Demand podcast, where we talk all about how to reach your very first 1 million in ARR. I'm your host, Asia Arangio, and I'm the founder of Demand Maven, where we work with early stage SaaS companies on reaching their very first growth milestones. Let's do this. What is up, my people? I am back again. <laughs> We're on a roll here. All right, so last week, I discussed how to build your marketing team. But today, we're going to discuss how to hire and where to hire your very first marketing leader. This is under the assumption of a couple of things. The first is that you actually do have the budget for the first year's worth of salary for this new marketing person. We are going to assume that they are going to be full-time. And the second thing I want to make sure is abundantly clear is that you are prepared and ready to bring someone on and to manage, lead, guide, coach, etc. Even if you're not necessarily a marketing expert, that's okay. Uh, assuming that um, you know you are open to learning how to manage, to lead, to guide, etc. Um, there's of course going to be things that you can think about cultivating within your new marketing leader, uh, and yeah. We're just gonna we're just gonna dive right in. So those are the two assumptions that we're making when it comes to hiring this person. The very first question that I get all the time is, "Who is this person, and what kind of marketer are they?" Here's the thing about software, SaaS, marketplaces, whatever you want to call it. Uh, if you are in the software space, which my guess is that if you're listening to this podcast, you probably are. There's really only a few types of marketers that you're going to be uh, evaluating or considering at any given point in time, especially in the early stage days, or let's say um, pre-traction or traction stages. Usually we find that your very first marketer is a, a, a type of generalist or multi-potentialist, as I like to say. And also they might lean more heavier or more heavy on demand gen or demand generation <laughs> versus content marketing. And this is really like the like the two. I know it seems wild, but when it comes to the type of marketer that you need at this stage, you're really looking at someone who is going to either support very heavy on the inbound side, aka content marketing, thinking about website experience, traffic building, and or you could be looking at someone who maybe is more versed in demand generation. So this is someone who really understands uh, uh, paid acquisition, paid media, different types of campaigns, and then also uh, thinking about packaging content, uh, landing pages, conversion rate optimization, that kind of headspace. The one that you choose is really going to be based off of a few things your LTV of your ideal paying customer and also the the buying cycle that customers have. If you are uh, self-serve low LTV, so maybe customers are only spending about 200 bucks with you total in their entire lifetime, you're probably going to be looking at someone who helps you build traffic, builds inbound and keeps the cost to acquire a customer extremely low vis-a-vis content marketing, for example, or product marketing. There's the flip side, however, which is, let's say you've got a much higher LTV, but a complex buying cycle. This is where a demand generation marketer would be able to help 
with the sales enablement function, but then also thinking about, you know, what types of content can we create that ultimately generates a sales ready lead, et cetera, et cetera. The thing about it, though, is a lot of great marketers know and understand both and can typically do both, even if they're not necessarily perfect at certain things. Uh, Usually they can, uh, they're smart enough and capable and experienced enough to know here's how we overcome any skills gaps that they have and also possibly outsource to certain freelancers and contractors to help get the work done. So it's kind of like one of those, you know, double-edged swords where it's like, well, I don't want to say double-edged sword. It's more of like a uh, it's 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 nuanced and it's not like a hard line. It, it might be hard to tell, really. Um, but the way that you find out is just asking them about their previous experiences. If you hear a lot about their experience or expertise in paid acquisition, campaign running, lead generation, um, demand generation, you've probably got more of a demand generation marketer on your hands. If you hear more about content creation, writing, uh, the blog, uh, focusing on traffic building organically, social media, things like that. You've probably got more of a content marketer on your hands. And then there's also just like the the purists out there. Like this is absolutely a content marketing person. Uh, they've only ever focused on content marketing strategy. It was in their previous job titles. Uh, then obviously that's like a dead giveaway. And then same thing for demand gen. They had demand gen in their title. They were focused on it for however many uh, careers ago. <laughs> and they are mostly focused on how can we think about paid acquisition, et cetera. Is this the perfect split in the world? Uh, no. Like like I said, it's going to be nuanced. There are some marketers out there who have experience in both. Uh, I find actually most demand gen marketers that I know at least understand content extremely well. However, um, I find it's not always true in the reverse. Like there are definitely a lot of content marketing uh, focused folks out there who are much less experienced in demand gen, but that's okay. We find that at least in my experience of coaching those folks, uh, they they tend to do very well in really either place. Ultimately, the goal, though, is when it comes to hiring your first full-time marketer, yes, it's important to know what kind of experience or background that they have. I, I don't know if there's any specific experience that I would dramatically avoid. So for example, maybe there's a more brand-focused marketer out there. This is kind of where it's like, I'm just going to say it depends I would always uh, lean a little bit more heavy towards they either have demand gen expertise or content marketing expertise or both. But really what matters more is actually what I'm about to talk about next, which is just simply finding someone who has worked in the same stage of growth in in a similar or the same field of SaaS software, marketplaces, internet-based, et cetera. The reason why I say this is a little bit more important Uh, And really both are important, if I'm being honest. But this is a little bit more important uh, to me because uh, a marketer might not necessarily be able to articulate to you, at least as a founder, like exactly what, you know, practices they know, like the back of their hand. Like that, that's kind of, not everyone is going to necessarily know what that is. Um, However, when it comes to being a marketer who has worked at an early stage SaaS company and has helped them get to traction stage or whatever, that to me is usually a lot more important. Like I care a lot more about someone who has been there, done that than about, um, you know, how well they're able to describe like, oh, yes, like I know exactly what brand marketing is versus blah, blah, blah. Like I care a little bit less about that, but just because I'd rather have the expertise and the experience. Now, it's important that they can articulate this, of course, I'm just, you know, I'm just comparing apples to oranges a little bit. But 
what I think is the most critical is that you find someone, again, who has achieved the same stage of growth. And ideally, they come from this world of SaaS software and internet-based. Now, I'm going to say internet-based very loosely because it doesn't have to be purely SaaS. Uh, It doesn't necessarily have to be purely software. It could be a more internet-based kind of company. So let's say they worked on an online bank before, not necessarily SaaS or software, but it's an internet-based company, an internet-based org. That I do believe is fundamentally important. This just comes from experience of hiring folks, not from the SaaS software internet-based world. It, uh, I do believe that there is, I don't want to say a learning curve. It's certainly fast and easy to learn. Um, it's just much more like you kind of want someone who already to some extent knows what they're doing. Now, are you going to pay more for that? Yes, absolutely. You will pay much less for someone who does not know as much. Uh, it's just how it is when it comes to hiring. But that's really who you want to look for. So when you think about your job title, your job descriptions, you are going to be thinking about, okay, well, what stage of growth are we in? Are we early stage? Are we traction? Are we, um, you know, post-traction, high growth? Like, where are we? Uh, You can also use uh, funding round as a way to indicate this as well. And after that, you want to be thinking about what kind of tech or software uh, experience do you want them to have? So do you want them to be a SaaS marketer? Do you want them to be an, a marketplace expert um, or are you a little bit more open? Because, you know, maybe maybe that's a way that you can source talent that you might not have considered before. So keep that in mind. Uh, I think that that's way more important, in my opinion, than anything else. Uh, and also specifically, of course, that they have actually achieved results, growth, whatever it is in the past. It's not enough to, I think, just, you know, work at a place, but also to show and indicate that they have positively impacted that place of work in some kind of way. Now, when it comes to hiring this person, there's a few places, uh, sourcing, I should say, there's a few places that I would recommend. Uh, The first is going to be your own LinkedIn or Twitter profiles, wherever it is that you hang out online, Reddit, wherever it is. Sourcing talent, I have found personally that the absolute best places are actually my own backyard. So it's, it's literally our website, uh, our LinkedIn profiles, our Twitter profiles. This is both true for our clients and also for ourselves whenever we hire. And this is just, it's just the, it's just the greatest resource we find. We get the best talent just by doing this. Next, I would say would, would actually be LinkedIn. We have found and sourced a lot of incredible talent through LinkedIn. Uh, A little bit different than places like smart recruiters or what have you. Uh, We find LinkedIn has a pretty, has an excellent reach, but also we're able to get very specific about what kind of talent we're looking for. And then there are, of course, other job sites like Smart Recruiters, uh, et cetera. There's a, there's a bunch, Monster, Indeed. But we find LinkedIn is, is a little bit unique in, in our ability to just, you know, pre-screen. The profiles are already there. It's, it's, you know, it's not my favorite solution in the world. But what it does do is it just gets the job done. We find it's a very easy-to-use pipeline, and it helps us source talent pretty quickly. Next, there's recruiting firms and headhunting firms. Uh, We find recruiting firms are best when you feel like you're not getting either the reach or the attention that that you really need. And then headhunting, of course, is really more for executive leadership. Uh, We know a couple of clients that have used both of these with a lot of success. uh, So do know that those are options. And then the last options are for when you want to find either part-time or hourly-based contracting and freelancing help. 
Resources like The Mom Project has been a godsend, I know, for for several of our clients and also for us. We have found some incredible marketing talent, some just incredible people in general there. So it's another place I would take a look at, especially if you're based in the U.S. So you've got your channels and you have a sense for what you're looking for. And you're going to probably need to decide, do I want something someone more on the demand gen side or someone on the more content marketing side? And this is going to have to do with what your strategy is. If you don't know what your strategy is, then... Well, one, we should talk, but also that's probably going to be your first step and deciding, do we do, do we focus more of our efforts on demand gen, account-based marketing, content marketing? Like what is, what is the practice or set of practices we need the most of? And then that will help you determine what kind of marketer you likely need to hire. After you hire this person though, there's a couple of things that they're going to need to know. So when, let's just pretend that you've hired someone, what would they need to know in order to do their best work? There's a couple of things that we have listed here. First, they're going to need to know the vision of your company. I know that that sounds fluffy, but people, generally speaking, need to understand where they are going. Where are we going? Where is the ship going? Who are we going to be in five years, 10 years? What is our mission and our purpose? Like, why does this company exist in the first place? You'd be surprised, but that information goes such a long way to motivating folks, in addition to making it really clear, here's who we are and what we expect uh, of our time here on this earth. I know that that sounds probably outlandish and wild, uh, but I promise you it actually does work. And there is a way to do this like that is totally corny. And I'm not talking about the super corny ways. I'm talking about just the very real, uh, the very real vision for what your company is. At Demand Maven, our mission statement is to help founders know that's our mission. And every project we do, everything we take, it is to help founders know. It's to help them know what the plan is. It's to help them know their customers. It's to help them know the strategy. It's to help them know what they don't know. It's to help them know how to think about onboarding. I mean, it's, it's you know, to help them know blank. We fill in the blank every single time. If we're not helping founders know, we're not accomplishing what Demand Maven is set out to do. And this is really the crux of our mission. Our vision we want to be a $10 million company in 10 years. I've been told that we'll get there much faster. We'll see. Uh, but that's where we're headed. And the kind of company that we're going to be when we get there and beyond, we're tackling marketing and growth now. But what if we also helped companies tackle operations? What if we also helped them tackle management and leadership? There's so many different ways that we can go. Uh, and again, our mission is really to help founders know well, what if we could help them know how to operate or how to manage and how to lead, how to guide? There's all kinds of things that we can help them know. So, uh, but that is a quick snippet of the vision for Demand Maven. When we bring on new contractors, of course we tell them what the vision is. They should know, uh, you know, here's, here's where we're going, here's what we're after. Right now we're focusing on these things, strategically speaking, but in the future, this is who we're gonna be. This is what we're gonna look like. Next, you need them to know the company goals. So what is the current company goal? What is the MRR goal by the end of the year or the revenue goal, whatever it is? What is it for next year? And from there, how do you, how do you anticipate their work supporting that in, you, in, in your vision, in your view? And this is important to communicate also because a lot of marketers join teams uh, and CEOs, founders never once tell them where they're actually supposed to go. Like, what is the actual revenue goal? What is the actual target? 
And I find it so fascinating because sometimes founders will just kind of just like lapses almost like they kind of forget like, oh, yeah, I got to tell that person like where we're going and you know who we're going to be. But it's important. It's critical information. So make sure to include that in your onboarding whenever you do eventually hire someone full time. Next, and this is a huge one, but you have to sit them down, sit down this new marketer and clearly outline your expectations of them. This part is so critical. And ideally, this is something that you already have outlined even before they join the company. But this is this is beyond a job description. This isn't a description of roles and responsibilities. This is, here's how I expect you to fulfill those. Here's what my expectation is when it comes to how we communicate, when it comes to how we work together, when it comes to how we strategize and plan together. And this, not, this isn't to say that you necessarily dictate their existence. That's not the point here. It's really more to get you to think, to think about what are you expecting that you're not telling them, that you're not saying. Because the biggest friction that we see between marketing leadership and executive or founder leadership is expectations never once being communicated between both parties. And this is so critical. Your marketing leader, in theory, should be your BFF. <laughs> And vice versa. And yes, you're going to disagree. You're going to not see eye to eye. And it's not always going to be hunky-dory and, you know, roses and, you know, frosted cherries, whatever. It's not always going to be roses. It's not always going to be this, like, field of green. There are going to be times where it's kind of rough. And you're like, crap, what the heck? What's going on? But as long as you have a very clear expectation set for how you're going to work together, for how you're going to communicate, for how you're going to collaborate, and even how you're going to disagree – you will be amazed at how much easier and smooth your experience will be working with someone else uh, on a similar or the same problem. In addition to, it's just going to be easier for you as a leader in general. I try to be as upfront as possible about my expectations of anyone coming new into Debate Maven. This isn't just for marketing. This is for anyone. And I have the same expectation that they tell me what their expectations are of me. What do they expect me as a leader to do? So it's really a two-way street here, but be thinking about what are the expectations that you have that's not in the job description, that's not a role or responsibility, but a here's how I want to work together, here's how I would like to collaborate, et cetera, and here's how I plan on managing and leading, and then vice versa. You can open up space for them to communicate their expectations because it is not a one-way street. It's definitely a two-way street. It's a partnership, and hopefully that effort keeps you both aligned, which is the whole point, right? The last thing that they need to know, existing marketing strategies or plans. Okay, so this is actually an interesting one because I'm also really amazed and surprised when founders, CEOs hire marketing talent, but then don't give them the the history of here's how we got to where we are today. And when they forget to do that, so they forget to send them like, you know, the existing marketing doc or the existing marketing plan or even like your random you know, abandoned Evernote files of the bullet point list of here's what, here's what the marketing strategy is and here's what we're going to do, even that. And the reason why this is so important is because if you don't give them that information and they don't actually use it, then they might just be repeating or reinventing the wheel. It could also be that they're missing important information about where you've been and where you're going next. So it's important that you give them those existing marketing strategies, plans, forgotten Evernote files, whatever it is. Because if you don't, 
than one that are kind of starting from scratch, which, you know, to be fair, they might actually be starting from scratch. But two, you might be hoping and expecting and wishing that they come up with something wild and new and crazy. When in reality, you haven't really kind of shown them where you've already been. So they can't really do anything particularly new or innovative or even reinforce maybe something that you've been doing in the past, but they don't have context for how you've done it. So they can't really offer any, they're kind of like stuck. Like they can't really offer anything that new to you. Uh, and, and also they can't necessarily give you uh, a vision for how maybe something could be done better in the future that was already done before. So existing marketing strategies and plans, those are important documents, deliverables, whatever it is. Those are important pieces. Give that marketer that information. Uh, hiding that from them or not giving that to them and like hoping and praying like, oh, I hope that they come up with something better. Uh, that doesn't always work. <laughs> Sometimes you find that they just end up recommending the same things that you've already seen and done before. And then you're like, oh man, this is the same, but they don't have the context. So they can't obviously offer anything else. So anyway, I would, uh, I would definitely recommend getting them up to speed on what's already been done. And also, you know, communicating your expectations. Either you, you let them know like, hey, I, uh, this is what our previous plan and strategy was. I'd love to see what you recommend and not just, you know, take this and assume that this is it. Or maybe you tell them that it is what it is. You know, I don't know. <laughs> I'll let you decide. All right. So after that, we've got the very first projects. I've, I have never, I think in my entire like in-house marketing career, I don't think I've ever worked for a company where I uh, had a very specific like onboarding. Like I've never worked for a company where um, I came in and they were like, okay, this is, what we expect you to produce or accomplish in the first 60 to 90 days. Typically, I find the 90-day plan was something that I always created. And a 90-day plan is very powerful for someone coming in and giving you a sense of, here's what I expect to accomplish or tackle over the next 90 days. And it's tricky because usually the first 30 days is just information gathering. Like they are just diving in, learning Maybe they're tackling some tactical stuff, but chances are they're probably just like getting their head wrapped around what's going on. And then usually 60 to 90, it's execution uh, and then possibly results by 90 days. Although to be honest, kind of rare, just you know, really depends on what's going on. But a 90 day plan would be an excellent first project, especially if they are more senior. Uh, when you get to executive level, first projects, yes, it could be a 90-day plan, but I've seen some like really impressive versions of, of this. It's like not called this. Uh, some of it's like um, like some some folks will do like a full review, like a full audit of like the entire company. So they'll do like a, a we would call them like a quarterly business review, but they basically just do like a business review and identify really clear opportunities, gaps, and then uh, hopefully by this point in time, provide a plan to overcome it. But that's like, I would say that's more like executive level. I think if we're looking at maybe junior to mid-level marketing, we're probably looking at a 90-day plan. But the other thing I would actually have them do is they need to be talking to customers like week one, if possible. <laughs> they either need to be talking to customers or if, you know, if there is existing voice of customer, meaning like there's recordings and transcripts and stuff, they need to be reviewing that, but they're probably doing both, to be honest. Whenever we work with companies and they are hiring a full-time marketer, we are imploring them to listen to real customer interviews because there's nothing like it. There's no replacement for it. 
and also to look at the voice of customer research. It is the fastest, easiest way to get a new marketer on board and understanding not only what the product is and does, but also like why do customers care and how can we think about either acquiring more of them, activating more of them, whatever that marketer is going to come in and focus on. But that voice of customer is crucial for a new marketer. If they are coming in and they have not talked to a single customer in 90 days, that is a red flag problem. And it might be one that they just don't know about quite yet. And that's that's fair. But uh, you are listening to, the pod, to this podcast, which means that you are an enlightened individual, which means that when you hire your first marketers, you should be encouraging them to talk to customers, to work with a customer success person, to get on the phone with folks, and also to review any existing voice of customer or both, uh, and all of the above. They should be talking to customers. I promise you it's going to onboard them way faster. And also, you're just going to get a better result. When, they, when marketers have the aha moment that a customer is trying to hire a product for a problem and they're experiencing issues or gaps and like they're not reaching that aha moment fast enough, it's magic for the marketer because they can usually strategically identify what's blocking them. So first project, 90-day plan, of course. Second project, talk to customers, make them do it. And you should probably do it too if you have not done it in a while. But that's, that's you know, that's another podcast for another day. Another episode. <laughs> Y'all not ready for that conversation. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, if you've listened to me before, you've you've heard that. But have them actually do this. Please, please, please. I promise you it will be way faster, way more effective, way more efficient. And also you'll have a lot more common knowledge together about, you know, what the product is and what it does for folks. And then, of course, you can take them through the product. You can take them through everything else but just to make sure you don't forget to have them talk to customers. All right, folks, that is all I have for you today. I hope that this was a good, uh, full full approach to hiring marketing talent and also how to think about getting them on board and also how to think about sourcing them. Alrighty, thanks again. And until next time. As always, thank you so much for spending this time with me. To learn more about how to reach your growth goals for your SaaS business, head on over to demandmaven.io. You'll find all kinds of free resources, articles, and content. Don't forget to subscribe if you haven't already, and I'll see you on the next one.